Today on Bold Steps Weekend from Mark Job, what to do when God seems silent. I want you to understand that just because God is silent about a topic doesn't mean that God is forgotten. I believe that oftentimes in the middle of our crisis, we misinterpret God's silence sometimes as meaning that He doesn't care anymore. Welcome to Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Job, Senior Pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago and President of Moody Bible Institute. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Well, do you ever feel like God has forgotten you? Or maybe you're noticing everyone else moving forward in their lives and you're getting left behind. In these times, it's easy to feel like we're doing a whole lot of waiting on the Lord and a whole lot of silence in response. Mark, let's address this issue. It's an important topic when people feel like I'm calling out to God, but I just don't feel like I am hearing anything or getting direction. Some have described it as the hidden face of God. The hidden face of God or the ceilings are brass. We read the Psalms and sometimes we hear that in David where he feels like, God, where are you in the midst of this? And it is a human experience at times to feel isolated and alone and at times to wonder, God, are you even listening? And I think that we need to get perspective in times like this. And maybe you're going through a time where you feel like, I don't know if God is even giving me direction. I don't feel like I hear from God. Then you want to hear this message when God seems silent. Grab your Bible and turn with us to Genesis chapter 16 for Mark's message, When God Seems Silent. Have you ever been to someone's house that you see a little light or lamp through the curtains on, and you go and knock on the door loudly, assuming that they're home and no one answers. So you knock on the window, you knock on the door, you think, well, maybe they didn't hear me, so you knock a little louder, and in your mind you have the suspicion, someone's there. They're just not answering. And so you start thinking, I wonder if they looked through the peephole and saw that it was me, and that's why they're not answering. I'm wondering if they're mad at me, and that's why they're not answering. I'm wondering what they're doing in there, and maybe that's why they're not answering. Uh, Years ago, when we first started this church, I did visitate a lot of visitation. And um, I, I had the reputation of being very persistent. When I knew someone was up there, I was going to get them to answer. So I climbed over fences. I knocked on doors. I threw pebbles at windows. I mean, uh, I knew people were in there saying, "Uh uh-oh, it's the church guy. Shh, turn the music off. Turn the lights off. It's the church guy. Have you ever tried to get a hold of someone on the phone? And you leave a message and you say, hi, it's me. Just call and I need to talk to you about something. Call me back as soon as you get a chance. Nothing, no answer, no phone call. Call back a few hours later. Hey, it's me again. I don't know if you got my first message, but I called you just wondering if you could get back to me. It's kind of important that you get back to me. Nothing, no answer, no call. 
You call the next day, hey, I've left a couple messages. I really need to talk to you. Could you please answer me? Nothing, no answer. Your fourth message, hey, I don't know if you're out of town. Maybe you're in the hospital. Maybe you're sick. But it's really, really, this is an emergency. No answer. By the seventh or eighth time, hey, bud, why don't you call me back? Are you mad at me? Is something going on here? I mean, I have no idea why you're, please call me back soon. Because when there's silence, we start interpreting the silence as, is there something wrong? Uh, when we don't get a clear answer right away and there's silence on the other part, we start wondering, hey, is this person ignoring me? Are they mad at me? Are they upset? Is there something they don't want to talk to me about? Maybe you're at a big sporting event and you see someone that you know and they're only a couple rows in front and you keep hollering their name and you could swear that they turned back and saw you at a glance, but they're just not answering. And so you're waving at them and they just keep ignoring you. And then you start thinking, well, did I do something to offend them? Has that ever happened to anybody here? So what happens when it feels like God is silent? What happens when you've bowed your knee and prayed to the heavens and asked God to come through and you've cried out to Him and you wait for a response and it seems like silence echoes from the heavens. And you pray again and Someone told you to fast, and so you fast and pray, and you pray earnestly, and you cry out to God, and there's tears in your eyes, and you pray more earnest than what you thought you've ever prayed before, and you look for the answer, you look for the response of God, and it seems like there's just silence there. And you start wondering, well, maybe I'm praying the wrong way. Uh, maybe I don't have enough faith. Maybe God's mad at me. Maybe there's something in my life that needs to be done with or gone that, that I don't know about. Maybe my ears are plugged and, 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 and I'm not hearing what God has to say, but oh God, why are you silent? So this message is for anybody or everybody that's here that at one time or another has experienced the silence of God. Where you felt like you've prayed and the heavens were brass and God wasn't answering your prayer. In Genesis chapter 16, we have the story of a woman by the name of Sarai. Her husband was Abram. We know them as Sarah and Abraham. Sarah was given a promise 10 years before. Her promise was that she would have a child. In fact, this child would have children and this, they would grow into a great nation and she would be the grandmother of a great nation. And so she waited the first year and nothing happened. And the second year and still nothing happened. The third year and nothing. Fourth year, fifth year, sixth year, seventh year, eighth year, ninth year. Nothing happened. If you've ever been down the road of infertility, some of you know the deep, sharp pain of wanting to have a child and not being able to conceive. I've prayed with many couples that have struggled through 
the issue of living childless and and struggled through infertility and some of them have gone down the fertility treatment route and the disappointment every month of of checking the test and realizing no not this month or conceiving and then losing a child and those of you that are mothers you know the desire for children and how strong that can be my wife and I in our first years of marriage we didn't think a lot about it in the beginning of our marriage but we were married six years before we had any children and by the sixth year, my wife's maternal instinct had really picked up. She really felt like every time she saw someone with a child, she was like, I want a baby too. Ace and Elizabeth got pregnant with uh, their daughter, Victoria, three months before uh, my wife got pregnant. And, and when they found out, she was excited for, him, for them, but in her heart, she longed for a child. We know the, the longing, that desire. Sarah waited for 10 years. And finally, because she felt the heavens were silent, she conceived of her own plan. And I want to read in verse 1 of Genesis chapter 16. It says, Now Sarah, Abram's wife, bare him no children. And she had a handmaid, or a maid, an Egyptian, whose name was Hagar. Sarah said to Abram, Behold now, Jehovah hath restrained me from bearing, so go in, I pray, unto my handmaiden. It may be that I shall obtain children by her. And Abram listened to Sarah's voice. And Sarah, Abram's wife, took Hagar, the Egyptian handmaiden, and Abram had dwelt ten years in the land of Cana and gave her to Abram, her husband, to be his wife. And he went into Hagar, and she conceived, and when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress Sarah was despised in her eyes. And Sarah said to Abram, My wrong be upon you. I gave you my handmaid to thy bosom, and when you saw that she had conceived, I was despised in her eyes. So Jehovah judged between me and you. Were the Lord, you may be seated. So what you'll see from this passage is that Sarah got so tired of waiting for God to answer that she came up with her own plan. She had a maid, a handmaiden, an Egyptian woman by the name of Hagar. And so she started thinking in her mind, well, maybe, maybe God didn't mean that it was going to happen through me. Maybe what God really meant was that we were going to have a child, but maybe it's a surrogate child we're talking about. So she went to Abraham in, in, in a moment of frustration, and she said, Abraham, it's not happening. It's been 10 years already after the promise. I'm not having a child. Every month, I'm disappointed. Every month, I see the disappointment in your eyes as well. I know you want to be a father. I just can't bear the strain of it anymore. I just can't bear the pressure. I've called out to God. And it seems like he's not answering. Like the heavens are silent. So Abraham, why don't you take Hagar? Sleep with her. Maybe through her you'll have a child. So Abraham went and he slept with Hagar and sure enough, Hagar became pregnant. 
just as she planned and conceived a child and named that child Ishmael. Now, I want to tell you that sometimes the heavens seem silent and we make a lot of mistakes when it feels like God is not speaking to us. Elmer Toms says, periodically there are even times in our Bible or prayer time when God is quiet. In these times, it's important to recognize that there are several reasons that he may be silent. And he lists seven reasons that God may be silent. Maybe he's silent because he's not ready to speak. He may be silent because he's testing you. He may be silent because he's already talked to you and told you what he wants and doesn't need to repeat himself. He may be silent because he wants me to make an important decision. He may be silent because he knows I won't listen when he does speak. He may be silent because I've forgotten what he said. He may be silent because something is hindering my ability to listen to him. So if you're here today and you are going through a bout of silence from the heavens, I want you to remember three important things about dealing with silence. Number one, if you're taking notes, write this down. When God seems silent, don't misinterpret God's silence for his absence. Just because God is silent does not mean that he's absent. Our topic today is addressing those painful times when God seems silent. And we're discovering what we can do in the waiting as we study Abraham and Sarah's life. You're listening to the Bible teaching of Mark Job, and we'll continue with Bold Steps Weekend in just a moment. Did you know that you can listen to Bold Steps Weekend no matter where you are or what you're doing? Just open up your favorite podcast app on your phone or mobile device, search for Bold Steps Weekend with Dr. Mark Job, and then tap the subscribe button. We also really appreciate your reviews and ratings, which help connect potential listeners to Bold Steps Weekend. One reviewer recently said, Bold Steps lines up every time I listen to what I'm experiencing, reading and hearing at church and in my personal walk with God. So thankful for your discernment and guidance. Well, we're thankful for listeners like you who truly care about learning more from the Word of God. So make sure you've subscribed to the Bold Steps Weekend Podcast so you never miss a lesson. You can also get to our podcast page by clicking the Apple or Google Play links right on our website at boldstepsweekend.org. Well, let's get into the second half of today's message with Mark Job here on Bold Steps Weekend. Well, God first told Abraham that he would be the father of many nations when he was 75 years old. He did not actually have a child until 25 years later when he was 100 years old and his wife was 90 years old. 25 years to fulfill that promise. 25 years is a long time for anybody. I've been married 25 years. Wow, that's a long time. I've been a pastor for 25 years. Man, that is a long time. How many people do we have here that are under 25 years old? You're not even 25. Raise your hand if you're under 25. All right, quite a few of you. 25 years is a long time. And sometimes between the time that God gives us a promise and the time that we receive the promise, there are periods of silence when we ask God about a certain topic and 
I want you to understand that just because God is silent about a topic doesn't mean that God is forgotten. I believe that oftentimes in the middle of our crisis, we misinterpret God's silence sometimes as meaning that he doesn't care anymore. I'm reminded of the Gospels in Mark chapter 4. Jesus had told his disciples that they were to get into a boat and cross over the sea because they had been ministering to a lot of people. So Jesus got into the boat. He was tired. How many of you here are very sound sleepers? Come on. We have to have a few of them. It takes a while to wake you up. I mean, you could sleep through an earthquake. Some of you wake up at, at any little sound. But some of you, I mean, a war could happen, atomic bomb, earthquake. I mean, you're just sleeping through the whole thing. It takes a lot to wake you up. Jesus was sleeping through a storm. I mean, imagine the noise that was there. The disciples shouting, the boat rocking back and forth, the water, people screaming, hey, it's going, and ah, try to do something, grab that, grab that bucket over there, what are we going to do? And so this had been going on for some time, and it's amazing to me that Jesus was sleeping. And finally, I'm sure the disciples had called Jesus, hey, Jesus, you want to give a hand? As they went about trying to solve their problem, I'm sure they had yelled out a couple times. I'm sure they'd ask one another, hey, where's Jesus? Well, he's sleeping. Hey, Jesus, we're in trouble here. Finally, they had had enough. And here's what the Bible says. The disciples woke him up. This time they must have shook him, gone over. And with wide eyes, wet desperation and panic in their voice, they said, teacher, don't you care if we drown? Now, it's interesting to me that the disciples mistook the silence of Jesus as lack of caring. Isn't that what happens in our life? You're in the middle of a storm, maybe a tribulation. It may be a financial tribulation, a marital tribulation. It may be a trial of your soul. It may be a tough time physically, some very difficult time in your life. And you've called out to God a couple of times. You've yelled out his name. You've asked him to intervene. And finally you say, don't you care? Because we, in, we misinterpret the fact that God is silent as though he doesn't care. I love what Jesus did. The Bible says that he got up. He didn't dance. He didn't prance. He didn't yell. He got up and he went to the, to the deck of the boat. The winds are blowing. The boat's going back and forth. Everybody's wet. Jesus, the son of God, the one that it says in John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Logos or the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Nothing was made without Him. By His hand, everything was made. Speaking of Jesus, 
the creator, the one who's never had a beginning and will never have an end, the one who speaks and all creation listens. Jesus is on the deck of that boat of the storm. He raises his voice. He looks at the wind and he looks at the storm and he says, quiet, be still. And at the amazement of his disciples, suddenly that powerful rushing wind that's driving the waters comes to a complete hush and stop. The waves stop pounding and within minutes you would never know there had been a storm because the Son of God has spoken. The disciples look at themselves and say, what manner of man is this that even the wind and the seas obey him? And then Jesus turns to his disciples and says, where's your faith? How long must I be with you before you believe? You see, because Jesus was silent, they began to doubt God in the midst of the storm. Uh, because they didn't see his hand work immediately, they began to doubt whether he was really there, whether he really cared, whether he really had power. They began to doubt whether he was really engaged in their problem because he was silent. Uh, maybe I could explain it this way. I heard a story recently of a boy, Harold Wilkie, he, he just was born with a chromosome disorder that allowed him to have no arms when he was born. And so he had to manage to live through life, mainly using his feet. And one day, Harold Wilkie, when he was in preschool, he was struggling to get his shirt over his head. Imagine trying to get a shirt over your head with no arms, just using your feet. And so he was struggling to get dressed by himself and he was grunting and sweating and his, his mother just stood there in the room and was watching him. A relative happened to be uh, in the house visiting and she looked at the poor boy struggling to get his own shirt on and dress himself and the relative turned to the mother and, and a little bit exasperated said to the mother whose name was Ida, she said, why don't you help the child? His mother looked at her with gritted teeth and said, I am helping him. You see, sometimes the best help that can be given to us is to let us go through our trial and learn what it's teaching us. Sometimes the worst thing that could happen is for us to be alleviated from every trial or tribulation. Sometimes the way we learn is that we have to go through the storm and learn to trust God in the middle of the storm. Sometimes the best thing that happens to us is that we have to go through our trial and make it through to the other side without our trial being evaporated from us or taken from us. You see, there's a place for trials and difficulty in our life. You're listening to Bold Steps Weekend with our Bible teacher, Mark Job and a message titled, When God Seems Silent. If you have missed any part of this series called Hearing God, you can catch up on demand when you visit boldstepsweekend.org. While you're online, be sure to take advantage of the videos and articles and special featured resources available to you there. And if you haven't already, take a moment to request your copy of our latest Bold Action Gift. Mark is here to tell us more about that. In the Bible, we see some incredible examples of life-changing prayer. 
from kings and slaves all the way to Jesus himself, prayer has been the key factor in connecting with God's will. But sadly, most Christians today are letting this pivotal tool go to waste. And in his book called A Journey to Victorious Praying, Dr. Bill Thrasher helps us understand why that is. Bill addresses some of the common misconceptions about prayer while bringing clarity to the doubts and fears that often hold us back. Chapter by chapter, verse by verse, this book presents the truth of what prayer is meant to be. If your prayer life has felt like nothing more than a religious duty, I highly recommend this insightful book. So don't wait, reach out and request this bold action gift today. Again, the book is called A Journey to Victorious Praying, and we'll send you a copy straight to your door when you give a gift of any amount to support this ministry. We'll be happy to send you a copy when you give online at boldstepsweekend.org. Or you can give over the phone by calling us at 866-535-5580. You can also send a one-time gift and request a journey to Victorious Praying in the mail. Address your envelope to Bold Steps Weekend, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. And then before we close, I want to remind you to sign up for Mark's weekly email devotional called the Bold Stepper Weekly. This encouraging devotional from Mark's desk will help bring the power and relevance of Scripture into your everyday life. You'll also receive personal updates from Mark along with other resources to help you grow in your faith. So sign up today for the Bold Stepper Weekly at boldstepsweekend.org. While you're there, feel free to share any biblical or spiritual questions you may have for Mark by simply clicking on the tab labeled Ask Mark a Question. I'm Wayne Shepard. Be sure to join us next weekend when Mark talks about the important role the struggles play in our lives and what we can learn when we're in the middle of trials. This is a continuation of our message titled, When God Seems Silent, and you won't want to miss it. So we'll see you next time here on Bold Steps Weekend. Bold Steps Weekend is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.